Enjoying these episodes? Give us a shout out on social at Built On Air. We'd love to hear your comments and suggestions. So drop us a like and be sure to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going. On today's episode, we speak with William Porter, owner and principal developer of Rucksack Technology, writer and photographer. You may also recognize him from the unofficial Airtable conference thrown by Chris Dancy in September, where William gave a talk about Stacker. William boasts decades of experience in tech, having started developing in FileMaker for law firms in the 90s. In recent years, he's also been very interested in new data management apps, including Airtable. His knowledge of database development makes for a great conversation about the pros and cons of Airtable's interface and inner workings. Over the years, William has also written for tech publications such as the notable Macworld.com and even reviewed Airtable as a drop-dead easy relational database management system back in 2016. William shares a couple different bases with us today. The first is a house hunting base, which he and his family used together when they were considering a move across their state of Texas. They were able to quickly record homes that they were interested in, rate the ones they liked, and create a calendar of visits when it came time to book them. In addition to his work in tech, William is also a photographer. The second base he shows us is home to his camera equipment, where he can track the items he owns as well as items he wants to sell. Check out the show notes for links to learn more about William. All right. Good morning, William. Thank you for joining good us. Good morning, Ali. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure. I'm very excited to talk to you today. I'm, yeah. I'm excited too. Excellent. I've never done this. Well, I haven't done anything like this for a while, so I'm looking forward to it. Me too. Excellent. Wonderful. So you have a ton of experience in the tech world. I saw your presentation during the Airtable conference that Chris Dancy threw in September. Yeah, that was um, fun. Definitely. Oh, I had a great time. I really hope we get to do that again. And I am really excited to talk to you today. So my first question I have for you is you have a lot of experience with apps like FileMaker. You've been doing that for a long time, database design since the 90s. How did you discover Airtable and how would you compare it to those apps that you're used to? Okay, so let me go back a little a little farther. I found Airtable. Okay, let me let me go back a little farther. So I, I when I was I think I, I mentioned to you when we were talking about in the background that I used to be a university professor and I, I taught ancient languages, classical languages. Oh, Very early on I got really involved with computers because I was beginning my teaching career just as the personal computer revolution was starting. And I became a leader at the University of Houston in, in my college in getting my colleagues to adapt to computers. And I started programming. I had no background in it. It's not something I did. I, I mentioned people, I have a PhD, but I don't tell them what it's in and nobody ever asks. <laughs> I, I began programming and I was doing coding in basic and I can't remember what the other language I was working with was. And then I discovered something that was produced by Apple called HyperCard. And HyperCard was an early, you, you might, it wasn't a low code environment by any means, but it was something that made doing amazing things accessible to people like myself who didn't really just want to sit in front of a typewriter, you know, in front of our computers, typing code and conceptualizing what we were doing. HyperCard allows us to sort of get our hands on and move made applications. And um, I actually kind of became, uh, I, I did a lot with HyperCard. And then I, then I got into FileMaker, and I've been a FileMaker, professional FileMaker developer uh, now ever since I left teaching in the late 90s. And it's a, it's a terrific platform, but I've always 
there are a lot, FileMaker can do anything. I can, if, if, if I can think of it, I can do it in FileMaker. The problem is there's a lot of what I do that involves more busy work than, than I like to do. Like in FileMaker, I have to decide if I want a button, do I want it 80 pixels from the left edge of the window or 85 or 82? And, you know, I have to move everything around. And those choices, while fascinating to me as a user interface developer, are not necessarily worth paying for by my clients. Because my clients are now mostly law firms doing litigation. They need to get data in there in a hurry. And they don't, you know, they, they like things to look nice and I build good, good apps for them and, and I think I do a good job. But I've been looking for a long time for something easier. Anyway, the other stream that got me to Airtable was that from the very early on, because I was a, you know, I was a teacher and a, a writer, I just started doing tech writing early on. And back in the 90s, I, I started writing for Macworld magazine. And so I became a regular reviewer. If you go to Macworld and look my name up, I've, I've, they don't have everything I've written for them. They, they only go back so far. And usually my editor would send me a suggestion. They would get stuff and they'd say, this sounds like something that William could do. So they'd send it to me. But I found Airtable on my own because I, you know, I'm sort of plugged in listening to what's, what's hot. Mm -hmm. And in um, about 2014, around the time that Airtable appeared, I, I don't remember exactly what year it appeared in, but it was right around then. Mm -hmm. I became aware of it, looked at it, thought it looked really am amazing and contacted my editor and said, I'd really like to review this. And so I did. And uh, that review is still up. Uh, it's titled something like um, Airtable, a drop dead easy relational database, mm -hmm. which I think is still true, even though it has gotten, it's not, it's not less easy than it used to be, but it's, it's more, certainly much more complicated than it was, or there's, there's more to it than it was in 2015. I mean, there's more to it than there was six months ago. So I wrote that review and have kept my eyes on it ever since then, wondering, could I, could I move some of my clients who have fairly basic needs? A lot of my clients, a lot of my law firms who've come to me have been keeping data for years until they find me in Excel. Mm -hmm. And Excel is the wrong tool. Excel is a spreadsheet and Airtable is a database. And databases are the right tool for keeping data and spreadsheets are the right tool for keeping numbers and doing uh, hypothetical, you know, analysis of numbers and maybe building charts and things like that. Excel is an amazing tool, uh, as is Google Sheets, which is what I use mostly now, mm -hmm. but neither of them is a database tool. And so I thought this could, this could be useful. As it turns out, I haven't yet been able to, to get any of my projects uh, for my clients moved to Airtable for reasons we can talk about, but I continue to use it myself for all kinds of things. Absolutely. Well, that's how I came to it. It was partly because of my background in the databases and partly because I was writing. And then I, I did the review and was fairly blown away by what it could do. Absolutely. And I took a look at that review too. I was like, yeah, you were right at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, that was, it was very exciting then. And it's, it's, it has managed somehow or another to keep that excitement going. So, you know, good for them. Absolutely. Seriously. And I think it's just getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. Um, all the updates that they've made, made recently, 
or even I guess just since you did that review, what's your general feeling for their progression? Are they going in the right direction in your opinion? I'm pretty modest about this. I've been, I've been doing, I mean, I've been doing, doing technology for such a long time and we don't have to talk about how long a time, but for a long time. And I've, I've been wrong about so many things that I hesitate to say whether somebody else who's just gotten an enormous number of millions of dollars to capitalize their business is doing something wrong. What, whatever they're doing, it's, it's obviously right in a lot of ways. Yeah. I, I wish there were one or two little things that I wish they would just change slightly. It would make a huge difference to me. And and there are some things that I, I wonder how they're going to play out. I'm, I'm kind of an, an interesting, interested observer. So I'm on the sidelines. I, you know, I don't have any connection with the company. I'm just a, just a user. Mm -hmm. But I, uh, I wonder how things will shake out in, say, five years. Chris Dancy asked me this question in the, in the conference. What's, well, where do I see them in five years? And I said, <laughs> my crystal ball's been broken for a long time. <laughs> Yeah. But you know there are there are ways in which Airtable is it's added more added some features and all companies do this they've added some some sexy features and haven't tightened up some of the things that might need some tightening. So that's that's almost universal in the software business. Absolutely agreed. You mentioned that there's a couple things that you wish that they would tweak slightly. Could you give an example of one of those things? Well, I can give, I can give a bunch of examples, but I'll, I'll, I'll limit myself. The one that matters the most to me, and I, I checked this recently. I didn't check it this morning. Their, their production schedule is so rapid that I may be wrong. And, and I will tell you right now that I would love to discover that I'm wrong about this. But as of the last time I checked it, which was probably around the time of the conference, mm -hmm. it was still the case that if you are the creator of a base, and you share the base with other users, which, you know, you need to do if you're in a business situation. Mm -hmm. I mean, unless you're, you're using the thing entirely for yourself. But if you're going to share it with anybody else, mm -hmm. as creator, you cannot control the resharing of that base by anybody you share it with. Yep. And I'm sure that there are many, many use cases or many, many contexts or situations in which this easy resharing is a fantastic idea. I don't have any problem with their having that capability. Right. As a FileMaker developer, my solutions are all locked down tight. And unfortunately, whenever a, one of my clients wants to add a new user, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. But, and then, you know, I'm ha I wish that I could, I could make it easier, but I don't. But at any rate, it's good that, that Airtable can, can do this what they do need to do, though, is make it possible for the creator to say, I don't want to do this. Right. And in my, uh, I know that Google Sheets, which is also easy to share, mm -hmm. does allow the creator of the sheet, the owner of the, of the document, to, there's a little choice when you share it. Do you want this person to have resharing privileges? Mm -hmm. And you can say no. That's the way it ought to be. And until they do that, I... I'm, I'm impressed because it's, it's a sort of obvious, I don't know, maybe it's not so obvious to people. I'm impressed that so many people are using Airtable for business because if you've got employees, you know, there's always the chance that somebody's going to do something they shouldn't do. Maybe not even out of malice, 
dealing with lawyers, I'm, I've got a lot of people who are very concerned about, you know, people doing things they really shouldn't do. But usually you want to control stuff. And of course, it's always, but there's no such thing as mass, you know, of, if you want perfect security, you need to get an unconnected computer and go out to West Texas and, <laughs> and, don't, and don't turn it on. That's, that's good. But, you know, people can take screenshots of data. And so if you've got confidential data in your base, they can take screenshots and share it with, you know, the other side in a lawsuit or do all kinds of things they shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. But Airtable makes it easy and they shouldn't make it easy. So that's, that's my number one problem with Airtable right now. The other one has to do with the way, the, the way they define or the way they implement links or relationships between tables. So I mean, that's, a, that's a bit more technical, but. No, I'm interested to hear more about that. Is there something you'd prefer? that? They- yeah. Okay. So, you know, Airtable has um, had two strokes of genius, the guys that put it together. One was to take something that looks kind of sort of like a spreadsheet, which people are familiar with. It's just basically a big list maker mm-hmm. and turn it into a database. And what's the key to databases? It's that you can, you can find stuff and you can sort stuff and you can filter stuff and you can hide stuff. So databases are very structured, but you can do all those things. And those are things that are not impossible to do in Excel, but much, much harder. And so Airtable came up with this idea. And then the other stroke of genius that they had was to eliminate from the user's point of view the need to worry about what those of us that are sort of in the, in the, the lower level database by lower level in computer world, we, we mean more technical database world, uh, we, we call keys, the keys that tie records together. So if you've got, if you've got a database of, uh, of let's say, uh, teachers and, uh, uh, and another table of students, there's a, there's a key in the teacher's table that is tied to every one of those students, and that's how we, we link students and table. Well, in the databases that I've worked in, and FileMaker is not the only thing I've worked in, and I've worked in a whole bunch of others, mm-hmm. um, including Microsoft Access and 4D and, and Helix uh, Express and, and others, Foxbase and micro, Microsoft Base in the past. We always have to worry about keys. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways you can start a fight in a, if you go to a database developers conference, the, the kind of people like, like I've been for a long time, is start asking questions about, how do you like to define your keys? And so people have really strong opinions about that. <laughs> Nobody in the Airtable world has those opinions because we don't see the keys. Right. We just say, well, here's, here's Mrs. Smith, and we want to link Mrs. Smith to the student's table. So we're going to link her name to the student name, and the keys get taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's awesome as far as it goes. And it's almost one of the, it's one of the main ideas that's making other Similar products or competing products, they, they work the same way. They're hiding the keys from you. Mm-hmm. There's a problem with it in some cases, and that is when the relationships need to get a little more complicated, we don't have control. So there's no, for example, in, um, I, I built a, an invoicing app, an invoicing base in, in Airtable mm-hmm. to try to replace the one that I used to invoice my clients. And it's got several tables. It's not a terribly complicated structure. It's got a, I've got a client's table and then a project's table because each client can have multiple projects. Mm-hmm. And then there's a main, the main table is called activity where I put down, if I work for half an hour for a client, um, I put down what I did and how long. Mm-hmm. But then I need to look up 
my rate for that client and it, it varies. So I've got a table called rates mm -hmm. and there's another table called agents because although I'm a solo developer, I work with colleagues uh, from time to time. And so we may charge different rates. Well, in other databases where you can, you have more control over the keys, it's not that hard to say, all right, I want to look up rates for this agent for this project. Right. In Airtable to do that, in Airtable base, what you have to do is you start using formula fields mm -hmm. to create match fields that you can get. So you, Airtable starts out really easy. And as long as you stay within the kinds of use cases that it's fantastic for, mm -hmm. it's, it remains easy. But if you start to, it's so tempting with Airtable, it's so easy to use, you start saying, hey, I can do this. Mm -hmm. And then, then it starts to get harder, <laughs> harder than it might be in other systems. The, the bottom line there is that really there's, there's no free lunch. It, it looks, Airtable looks like a free lunch. It's a really tasty lunch, and it's, it's very casual and easy to sit down and get going. But in the end, you have to work a little bit at Airtable, too. It's not, you know, Airtable doesn't just ask you, what's your business do? And you tell them, oh, I'm a florist. And the next thing you know, Airtable says, oh, I read your mind, and here's a base. <laughs> you know, you, you have to work for them. And that's why there's now this growing field of Airtable consultants. Yes. And that says something about Airtable. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think that's a, it's a good thing. And it's, I mean, it's a very interesting thing to me. It's, they're kind of outsourcing this, like kind right. of creating this, this market for people to be able to help each other, which I think is just wonderful. Yeah. So, I mean, anybody who's dealt with Airtable knows Gareth Pronovost, but there are now a whole bunch of other people that are, are doing this. Camille's one of them. Kovan, who's helping people with JavaScript. That's one of the things that's interesting about Airtable now is, you know, it was originally sort of low code, no code. And then the big thing for 2020 is code. Yes. <laughs> now we can code. <laughs> so um, this has been a, been a boon for Kuovan and she's terrific at it. But a lot of other people are working in it. And it is, in fact, a very useful extension of, of Airtable's capabilities. Yes. But so that's, you know, that's an, another interesting thing about, uh, about Airtable, though. Absolutely. And it's funny, you mentioned, so your qualm about linked records. So what would solve that for you? Would it like be the ability to say, here's a linked record field and you could write a formula to show, like only display records that meet this criteria rather than- Something like that might do. Right. I'm, I've been, uh, over the last couple of years, uh, about two years ago, I really started to think, I want to find an alternative platform. Even if I don't leave FileMaker for all of my clients, I, I want to find something that will work for me. So I've been actually looking at a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And I keep, earlier in the, in, in the spring, in April, we have a very active developers community, FileMaker developers community here in North Texas. And I gave a presentation for our monthly meeting there about alternative to FileMaker. And I said, none of you are going to want to switch, but I want to tell you what, what, your, what your clients are looking at. We, and so I talked about all this. And I talked about a bunch of things and I came back to Airtable as the one that I, I keep coming back to. But I've looked at other things like Mac and Caspio and Coda is a, is a hot new one. And there are, there are many, many others. The one that I'm most interested in at the moment is called Tatabase. It's a funny name, T-A-D-A, 
BASE. Tatabase is, is very interesting too, but in all of them, there's this problem about keys. In Tatabase, you might be able to use filters, and Airtable could do something like that. If you could write a calculation that says, I don't know, link to the rates table, but only show me rates for William Porter and this particular project, right. that might do it. Right. But it's not so easy to solve because of their fundamental brilliant idea of getting rid of the keys. Right. So, you know, it's, it, it's a lot like the difference between, if you imagine how you might build, long, long time ago, in another one of my lives, I was a professional keyboardist and I, I performed on the harpsichord. I, performed, I was very interested in Baroque music. So Harpsichords got built in two different ways. There were, you could buy kits. The Frank Hubbard Company in Waltham, Massachusetts would sell you a kit and somebody with no skill or, or experience at all could buy a kit and that comes with fantastic instructions. You can put it together. And the other people that I happen to know a number of actual harpsichord builders who built them from scratch. FileMaker's like building it from scratch. Airtable's like getting a kit. It's a lot of the stuff that is hard to do and really doesn't need to be done over and over again is, is already there for you. That's fantastic. It just eliminates a little bit of your freedom. Mm -hmm. And so that's the trade-off that I'm willing to make as I think about going away from a, 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 from a platform where I can do anything I want. I'm willing to trade some of that freedom for the benefits. But it is a trade, and I don't see how Airtable could make it easy to do the kinds of things I'd like to do without giving up its fundamental, you know, stroke of genius. So I don't see them doing that. Um, your idea of a filter or something like that would work. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's one other, one last thing that I want to say is a is a serious problem for for me with for, with Airtable, and then we can go back to talking about all of the great positives. Yeah, that is Airtable's filters are, again, the last time I checked, still global in their impact. In, in their impact. And global yeah. is probably the wrong word, but what I mean is that when you build a view in a, in a base, let's say you've got a, I don't know, a, a, some kind of a contact with, with addresses or something, and you've got tens of thousands of people in it. Maybe you were working for a political campaign or something. I bet Airtable got used a lot for local campaigns and things. You might want to create views to see Okay, show me everybody who's in Dallas and everybody who's in Fort Worth. So you create views for these things. Those views are fixed and static. Mm -hmm. And Airtable creates the views by, uh, you set up filters. But the filters are fixed and static. And if you happen to be working on a base while other people are connected to it, if they're looking at the you know show people in Dallas filter, Dallas is where I am. And you make a change to it. Somehow or another, you like cut it down to just half of Dallas or, you know, whatever change you make, they're going to see it immediately because the filters affect everybody. And it, it added a year or two ago that search, it's now for their apps, I guess. So that search feature over in the panels on the right, mm -hmm. but it's very limited. And the filters are really powerful but you have to sort of hard code them. Yeah. And in a lot of other solutions, one of the most useful things about other databases is the ability for 10 people to be using the, the base at the same time with just one view. You don't have to create, you know, a view for everything that you can imagine to, 
you want to find. Right. People can create ad hoc searches, but they only see the results of the search themselves. And whatever they search for, so somebody's in the same view, and they're looking at Texas, and somebody else is looking at Oklahoma, and somebody else is looking at California. Mm -hmm. And Airtable doesn't do that right now. Right. That's one of the things that sent me to Stacker, because I don't know how they do it, but Stacker sort of creates its own super database on top of your Airtable base and allows individual users to have their own sets of records that they searched for. That's, that's, the, that's probably the last of the most important things I wish Airtable did a little bit differently. And that one they might be able to implement, although I, I don't really know what's under the, you know, under the hood there as far as the code. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. That's um, one problem that I've run into, not just in Airtable, but other apps as well. I was able to solve it. A gentleman on the Coda forum put out a really awesome solution to be able to solve that in Coda. Uh -huh. um, but not Airtable, of course. It wouldn't, it's not replicatable. But right. it's still, it was, I think that would be really, really helpful to be able to right. you know, at least have one designated view that says, hey, let each right. current user do what they well, want. I should I should point out now in, in Airtable's, well, I don't know whether I'm going to, I mean, I'm not here to defend Airtable. I'm not here to, to, to criticize it either, but sort of in its defense, they announced this year, they made a change in their description of themselves hmm. and they have now embraced, I think quite appropriately, the term platform. Airtable is now a platform mm -hmm. and that's a, that's a word that gets them off the hook in a lot of ways because when they first came out, one of the things I liked about them was that you could sort of build a kind of app in mm -hmm. Airtable. One of the things I loved about it and, and mentioned in my review, something we can't do in FileMaker, is I could build an app on my phone. Yeah. That, was, that was extraordinarily liberating. But now more and more, Airtable has become a, a very good way to enter, store, retrieve data, but have that data serve as the platform upon which an, an app that goes to other places is, is built. And those integrations, which Airtable embraced very early on, have started to take over the app in very creative and interesting ways. Yes. So there are two ways to approach Airtable. One is to use it in itself. And I think in itself, if you just stay within Airtable and you use it to you know, store your own data or data for a very small group of trusted people, it's, there isn't anything like it that I know. I'm, I'm waiting to see what Google does with tables. It's not quite ready for prime time yet, Google's tables. It looks a lot like Airtable. We'll have to see. But if you stay within Airtable's confines, it's, it's unbelievably good. If you want to go out, then it's just, it's really a different, it's almost a different product. So those will be two different audiences for Airtable, the people that use it in itself and don't go out, or maybe they use Integramatter or Zapier or mini automations, which I, I think is very neat. Yes. Other people will use it as a platform and they will not be so troubled by some of Airtable's little idiosyncrasies because they, they really don't encounter them. So. Exactly. Yeah, it's really, it's as big as you want it to be, mm -hmm. um, which is wonderful. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Have you, um, have you used the scripting block at all to solve any of the issues? <laughs> a number of years ago, okay, I'll, I'll say it. It was 20 years ago, before I was doing FileMaker full-time, I was using FileMaker as a back-end for building websites. And I built websites for universities and, and businesses, um, 
here in the United States and in Canada and, and in Europe. And I did, I did coding with, um, with middleware. Today it would be PHP back there with something different. And I was doing, since I was building the, the projects completely, I was also doing JavaScript. And at that time, I was a mediocre JavaScript scripter. Then I stopped doing it. And now when I went back to it, I thought, oh, I don't want to go back and, and learn JavaScript again. Yeah. I did have a lesson with Kovan. I can, I can recommend her as a terrific teacher. Uh, she was very helpful. And I realized, oh, yeah, I can do this. It's, it's, not, it's not that hard. Right. I've used it just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I chafe a little bit because what I would be doing initially would be using JavaScript to to do some things that I think ought to be easier and shouldn't require scripting. Auto entry of of values uh, that can be looked up from another table. When you you know if you're building a let's say a, a an orders database, you you have a, a products table with prices in it, and then your customer places an order, and you you need to look up the, the price. Right. Well, it's easy. A, a beginner would find it easy to do this. Yeah. The beginner after a year might discover the problem, which is that a year later you want to change your prices and you change the prices in the products table. And suddenly all those old invoices now make it look as if you made more money last year than you did because you raised all your prices. So when the, the classic solution for that sort of thing is you need to look at the price in the products table and copy it into the orders table. Mm -hmm. To do that in Airtable, you have to write a little bit of code. Mm -hmm. And I think you shouldn't. Yeah. I think a product as wonderful as Airtable should just go that little extra mile for you and allow you to do that kind of copying of related, a linked value. But that's what I have used JavaScript so far. And I, I may start looking at it in other ways. There are, there are all sorts of good reasons to learn JavaScript, not just Airtable. It's probably the single most useful language. If I were, you know, if I were 25 again, I think I would throw myself into it. And, and uh, in a month or so, I'd be good enough to start charging for it. It's a really useful language. And I, I think it's great that Airtable supports it. I couldn't agree more. I, I love it so much, honestly. And I, I only I bring it up because I think it might be a potential solution, at least in the interim to the issue that you mentioned before about linked records and having that filter be in mm -hmm. place. I recently just yeah, did yeah, you're, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, absolutely. You could have a button that would run a script to give you a choice of filtered options to now yes, choose. Buttons. Yes. That's the addition of being able to say, do it now. <laughs> that's, that's a big thing. Because otherwise, in all um, in all other database platforms, we we talk about this uh, this thing called a trigger, and mm -hmm. events have got to get triggered. And anybody who's worked with Zap, Zapier knows, you know, you have to have a trigger. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, you're putting something in, and you want it to happen right now, but you didn't do like a new record event, or uh, you know, the sort of thing that would trigger something. So mm -hmm. having those buttons to say, all right, look that value up now, right. that's another really great thing that was added this year. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm super excited about the buttons. One thing I wish they would do is allow you to just run an automation by the click of a button. Because right now you have to run a script. You can't just point it towards the oh, automation okay. panel. So that okay. would be great. I, run into that. I, I wasn't aware of that. That's, yeah, I think that sounds like something that, that maybe will be coming soon. I hope so. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, they're moving fast. So They absolutely are. So how, I, I loved your talk about Stacker during the conference. 
I'm interested how that's going. Um, I know Stackers also come out with like a slew of new features recently as well. Yeah. Um, have you been enjoying those? Yeah, Stackers are a really exciting product. And although um, I built an app for a client in Stacker using Airtable as the as the backend base, and using Airtable actually for more than that. This was this is the one that I talked about. No, this was not what I talked about at the uh, at the Airtable conference. This was something I actually built for a client. I couldn't. I was working on it then. I couldn't show it because it's. I didn't have dummy data in it. it had a lot of confidential data in it. Yes. But it was for one of my law firms doing a lawsuit and. I built the interface in Stacker is very nice and it, it solves these problems. One thing Stacker allows me to control the users with different privileges mm -hmm. in the way that Airtable doesn't. And it allows me to build really nice sort of website user interfaces. So that was great. Mm -hmm. But uh, there were a couple things that were not so easy to do in Stacker. And so one of Stacker's strengths is you can, you can embed. Yes. And so I was actually embedding views from Airtable yeah. in the stacker base, I used an embedded view to, for example, show a map. Mm -hmm. one of, that's, that was one of the things that blew me away several years ago in uh, Airtable was I showed a bunch of addresses and it can map them for me, you know, right out of the box. Yeah. Whereas FileMaker is very, very powerful, modern database. We only just got that this year in FileMaker and it's takes a lot of work to get it. To, to work. So that's terrific. And I used an Airtable view in Stacker to show the map. Also, I used another view. I put a table view in Stacker so that my uh, users could do a CSV download. Yes. Because at least when I was building that, I think Stacker was talking about, Michael Kelly was talking about adding something like this. But that was the easiest way to accomplish that, to allow my users to filter records and then download the records as a, as a CSV. So even with Stacker, Airtable's own UI was useful for certain kinds of things. So yeah, but, but Stacker's great and uh, I, I'm gonna continue working with it even as I'm, I'm working with, with Tatabase. Uh, they, they have rather different skill sets. And my main problem now is that I don't, I don't really want to stress my brain out by having to become good at several different, several quite different applications. Absolutely. And that, that maybe is, I didn't complain about that in Airtable because I think that may be something that those of us that don't pick up things as quickly as we used to, I used to, I used to just say, oh yeah, I can, I can learn that this, this week. Yeah. Now, now I say that's going to take a little longer than a week. Airtable, there are so many things that it can do and they're all different. You know, if you want to learn Zapier, you do Zapier until you discover Zapier's got problems. So then you look at Integromat or mini automations or your JavaScript and all these things are taking you out in different directions. Mm -hmm. And all of that flexibility is really valuable. And I know that people who are willing to do it will find it irreplaceable. And I'm totally in favor of flexibility and, and options. Some users may wish that more was just right there in front of them. And that's, you know, that's a, that's a challenge for, uh, for Airtable users. It's a challenge for me as I think, do I really want to ask myself with every new client, what's the best of the many different platforms? Maybe I should do this in Caspia or, you know, so Airtable's power right now is that it does an awful lot very well. 
-hmm. And it's, it's a natural, fairly easy choice to start with. Wow. Absolutely. Wonderful. Well, I'm looking forward to see some of the stuff that you've put together if you want to share your screen. Okay, so this is, uh, I thought this might be interesting. This is the same base that I talked about. Can you see this? I'm on a, a great big 28 inch screen here. It may be too big. Is that a problem for you? No, it looks great, I think. Okay, good. Uh, I, uh, people don't really need to see this. this there's real data here, but it's all, um, it's all public data. Mm -hmm. My uh, my daughter, who used to live here in Dallas with her family and our, our grandchildren, has moved to San Antonio this year. So earlier this year, my wife and I were thinking we need to move to San Antonio. We may yet do that. So we started doing some house hunting. We've put that off for a while, but I built this. This is, I think, a nearly perfect use case for Airtable yes. because this was used only by my wife and me and actually our daughter was was accessing it as well. Mm -hmm. So we didn't have any trust issues and I could work on it on my phone mm -hmm. and I put it together very quickly. We showed it to a, we were working with a wonderful real estate agent. She saw what I was working on one time on my phone and she asked me to show it to her. I did. She said, that's better than what we have at the office. Yeah. So, which you know, I, was, I was very pleased. Now I went on and built the stacker app that I showed at the conference on top of this Mm -hmm. But I did that mostly to see what Stacker could do. It was that was not a real app. The app that I used was this, the the, the native Airtable base, mm -hmm. and it's very straightforward. We've got addresses. Addresses can have notes. I had cities that I never did a lot for, but you can see that in in the various cities, these, some of these are made up for the for the presentation. Mm -hmm. I could see where the addresses are located. I had some extras. What are the extras? Oh yeah various things that we wanted. We have an RV, for example. We wanted to know which houses have RV space. Mm -hmm. There was a home layout and users. So this was just, you know, we would go and I would have a, a screen where I could add, um, add a new property. Mm -hmm. And then I would, I would go to the, um, to the realtor's website mm -hmm. and be able to copy the, the important information from there, put it in my database, and then I began to rank them. So then I could do things like, which ones do we like the best? And here's a view with rating equals five, which is you know, five stars, that's the best. Mm -hmm. And rating equals four, and what were within a cert certain city, which ones do we want to view? Then as they would get sold, I'd mark them sold, and I could say, oh, here are the ones that got away, because somebody bought them and they're no longer available. Mm -hmm. I built a calendar that allowed me to, to start keeping track of when we were supposed to go and visit people. What's missing here, and I don't know whether I deleted it or not, but I had a map view at one point, and that was also helpful too, so that I could take a, a, an address and tell us where we needed to go when we were going to, to look at the, uh, at the property with the real estate agent. Yeah. So it was, uh, you know, all of these filters are very straightforward, the ability to, to edit things, and the relational model here was very simple. Mm -hmm. So this was did not require any complicated links. It it also didn't require any complicated calculations. There we go. I'm sorry. I'm going to go back. I said I could go on. I could go on, but I'm, this is the promise. The last complaint I'm going to make about Airtable, and I make this one fairly confident that everybody who's used the Airtable formula builder will mm -hmm. agree with me. Mm -hmm. A calculation editor is too small. Yep. <laughs> and it doesn't format things for you. So writing calculations or formulas in Airtable 
you pretty much have to get a text editor mm-hmm. to write them and then debug them yeah. uh, before and then just paste them in. Right. And so anyway, this doesn't require a lot of calculations. Um, there may be a few in here, but I love the fact that uh, I was able to create some some records very quickly. And, you know, it was it just turned out to be a very, very easy way to put in a fair amount of data and and organize it well. Yeah, that's a really great example and a great use case as well. Right. And it's one that was in my in my review. And I remembered it when we started house hunting. And I thought, oh, I thought about this as an example. What about actually doing it? And I did it. <laughs> and it was a good example. In fact, it was it was exactly right. That was that's one that's in the uh, in my pro um, workspace. This was something I um, one of my clients. This was this was the first client that I hoped I could talk into using Airtable. This was a client who was not a law firm. This is from a number of years ago. Well, right around, I guess, 2016 or so. Mm-hmm. The client was a, a travel agent who arranged in what are called incentive travel for companies, big companies that give their top salesmen of the year uh, trips around the world. They go to the various exciting destinations. And so my client, who became something of a friend, arranged these. He was a guy who traveled constantly all around the world. And I had built a system for him that worked on the web and as a FileMaker database mm-hmm. where he would track all of his signups and where the, what people wanted and what kind of room they preferred at the hotel and on you know the days of the trip, did, did, did they want to go golfing or did they want to go shopping and, and so on. All of the data for the trips was in there. But the key thing was they needed to sign up. And Airtable's form feature was something that I showed him. I went and we came very close to to implementing this. Mm-hmm. It had a problem, but uh, the, the problem was that at the time that I was doing this with him, I hadn't yet seen Gareth Prenovost's uh, presentation. About, actually, I've been doing this longer than Gareth has. I should, should point that out. He's much, much better than I am, but, uh, but I got there before he did. And I didn't yet, had not yet figured out how to use the ID of the record mm-hmm. to create a URL that allows the user to go back to it. Right. So at this time, my problem with this was there was a lot of information for my clients, customers to complete in the form, and we couldn't be entirely sure that they would complete it in one session. They might start and then have to go to dinner, and then they'd have to start from scratch. And that was sort of a non-starter. The bigger problem with the project was that my client decided to retire. (laughs) So (laughs) so he no longer needed the app. But now, with the additions to the Airtable form, the ability to hide things, and this trick that allows the user to sort of bookmark where they were and come back to it, this is much, much more useful. And if, I, if that guy were still around, I'd be pushing him to consider this because he didn't care about a pretty user interface. And it's not that Airtable is not pretty. I think it's actually quite attractive. Mm-hmm. But he would be happy to just see lists of data and he could filter them by his trips. That would all work. That would be a use case for him as a travel agent doing that kind of project traveling, that would work very well. And the form ability is something that solves a problem that other platforms, including FileMaker, don't have a good solution to. You can put this out in public. FileMaker's licensing makes it a bit, makes it much more difficult to put something up on the web and just have people, you know, the general public come to it. Right. There's a way to do that but it involves using the FileMaker API and it's, it's work. Mm-hmm. This, is, this is just drop dead easy and suddenly you can have things where people you don't know 
can come to a, a URL that you give them and enter data. Absolutely. So that I think is another uh, another brilliant thing about Airtable that that can be very useful to a lot of people. I've used it for a bunch. There's there's so many other things here, and none none of them are particularly exciting. But I've been a photographer, and I I have a lot of camera equipment. So mm-hmm. when I want to sell it, and I buy it, use it, sell it, I sell through Amazon. Although I'm branching out now, but I keep track of this. The ability to have photos in here keep track of a, a workflow. So over here on the left, I've got, you know, what are, what are the lenses? What kind of cameras are they? Is it ready for me to sell? Is it, is it not ready? Is it ready, but not yet sold? And what's been sold and, and a gallery showing the various things that I've got to sell. That's another use case for an individual that could be applied, I think, to a small business. Mm-hmm. And it was, again, well, very easy to very easy to build and very very useful. So I more than once I would take this. Uh, I'd be taking a package to the post office, and just at the last minute before I sent something off, I'd look on my phone at the base and confirm that I had the address right. Thank goodness I never sent anybody a you know a thousand dollar two thousand dollar camera to the wrong address at all. <laughs> but Airtable helps with that kind of thing. Absolutely. So these are these are all unambitious uses. Uh, at the conference, we saw some really remarkable, ambitious uses of Airtable. Mm-hmm. And those kinds of things, the fact that Airtable can do those is really impressive. Yes. But the thing I think that will matter to more users, because m- some of the stuff we saw at the conference is, is not going to be within the, the reach of your average person who's actually got a job working in a, you know, a small business. And they've been told, Hey, would you build the Airtable base? We hear that it's pretty easy to use. And so the guy's got to do his job or her job and, and build the, the Airtable base. They're not going to become, well, actually that's what I'm, I'm about to say something that we know is not true. More than a few of these people have actually fallen, fallen in love with Airtable yes. and they may not be doing it full-time at work, but they're coming home and doing Airtable. So Airtable gets some people who are very enthusiastic about it. And if you're enthusiastic, you can do amazing things. Mm-hmm. Even if you are not so enthusiastic, you can do very useful and impressive things with a minimum of training and a minimum of work. Right. So that's, that's the use case that for me has become the, the most valuable one. But it's just for me. I mean, for other people with, with more vision than I have. Oh, that's, that's, that was just a test. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I like about Airtable, I build lots and lots of test bases. Mm-hmm. So I go in and I'll just try something out and then delete it. So. Yeah, it is really great for proof of concept. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a, a one of its terrific, terrific features. Well, there is one, one of the, I liked it better when they called them add-ons because the word app, now has become really ambiguous. Yep. And I don't like calling them apps. There's something that was an add-on that's been around for a while that uh, I don't think I have installed and in, I started using Microsoft Edge, but it's the app that allows you to save a web page and write notes about it. It's the just a little part. add-on for our table that you can install as a plugin in your browser. And it's, it's fantastic. You, you can create your own, take it anywhere. And it's, I switch between browsers all the time. So I'm always losing my, my bookmarks and I've tried using Google bookmarks and 
this app from Airtable was better and easier. So I think as more and more people are, are creating apps or add-ons, as I'd prefer to call them, for Airtable, people are going to start using Airtable because somebody's written a clever and useful app. Right. And um, the only trick there is the, is the fact that when you start to use the apps, it's not free. So <laughs> the amazing thing about Airtable is how much that you can do with a free account. Absolutely. And that I think is a, that's also a major, it's a, it's a marketing strength, brilliant idea for marketing, but it's, it's also a way to get people in because some people cannot figure out whether they like a product in two weeks or a month. Right. Some people need six months. I, in a way I could say I've taken five years yeah. and um, now I'm a paid customer now, but that's the fact that you can do as much as you can in Airtable for free is, um, you know, and it's, it's not for free as it with, with Google. It's not for free. Right. We're mining your personal life, but it's, <laughs> as far as I know, Airtable is not mining your personal life. Right. It, it actually is for free. And they're, it's basically like a baker giving out free samples. They know that eventually somebody's going to come in and, you know, buy donuts for their bread for their whole family dinner or something. So, uh, and apparently, apparently it's working out for them. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm super excited for the future too. I can't wait to see what comes next. I have one more question for you that I just thought of. You're a photographer and that is awesome. I myself have a degree in fine arts, so I'm just yeah. wondering if you have, or if you ever draw any parallels between designing a database and composing a photo, for example. I mean, the right, right brain, left brain thing I find really interesting. That's, that's an interesting question. What, what kind of a parallel are you thinking of? I don't know, honestly, I, I like, the duality of art and technology. And I like that Airtable kind of allows you to visualize that technology in a way. I don't know. I just, I, I, I kind of think about it a lot in my own art practice. Yeah. So I just thought I'd throw it out there. Well, well, I, I know that I, I could say this, that for, for practically everything in life, imagination is important. And, Imagination doesn't mean coming up with stuff out of nowhere. It means knowing what you can do and being able to visualize it. Right. Now, there are, this is an old cliche about photographers, that there are two kinds of photographers. There are makers and takers. And I'm more a taker. I will admit that. But I'm a taker because when I was when I was photographing, I'd be photographing a wedding or something, and the you know the bride or the bride's father, somebody would come by and say, "Have you got any good ones?" And I'd say, "I don't know. I got to get back to my computer." I said, "I I think I have a couple." I mean, I never tried to be negative to the client, but I had to get back to my computer. But sometimes I, what I really liked about photography was when I saw something and I knew immediately that's a photograph. Exactly. One time I was sitting at my computer in my home looking down the hallway through a door at my 12-year-old daughter who was at her desk in her room studying. The light was coming in from her window, and I said, that's a photograph. And my camera, I had a full-frame camera sitting on my desk with me. I picked it up. I didn't move. I zoomed down the hallway and took it. It's one of the best photos I've ever taken. Wonderful. That's, that's imagination, the ability to see something. Well, if you're working in Airtable, or developing software of any kind, 
that that ability to know you got to know what you're doing. Right. You can't you can't imagine an Airtable base if you don't know what you can do with Airtable. Yes, you know it's like I, I can't imagine. I'm not I'm not a very good cook, and I can't imagine a dish because I don't know what you can do with ingredients and and meats and you know vegetables and spices. But I do know something about databases, and so I can imagine. Yeah, that could be a database problem, and it could be solved in this way. In an Airtable, we could use the following views or you know, user interface elements or apps or add-ons. And so imagination there is also important. It's the ability to see yeah. what you're doing. But you've, you've got to know. It's like you can't write a poem if you don't know how to use language. Right. So I, I think there is a parallel. It's not a visual parallel, although if you get into something like working with Stacker, where you have a lot more control over the visual design, then there's, there is an art element to it. But uh, yeah, even with Airtable, where you have less control over the look of things, the ability to imagine what you're doing in advance makes life, uh, makes your work more fun and also helps. And the better, the, the best developers are people like the people who made Airtable who can imagine something that other people haven't imagined. So, Exactly. That was a wonderful answer. Thank you so much. Okay. That's a wonderful question. I had never thought about that before. Excellent. So, well, thank you so much, William. It's been a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Absolutely. And, and where can our listeners go to learn more about you? Well, there's not, I mean, <laughs> none of it's very interesting, but they can go to my, they can go to my website, which is rucksack.tech. R-U-C-K-S-A-C-K, like, uh, you know, a backpack. And it's a .tech, not a .com. There's not much there. Or they can try to follow me on, on Twitter. I have um, an account on Twitter, um, Rucksack Tech, without a dot, is my, is my handle on Twitter. And I, I post a little bit about Airtable and, and other database programs. Um, so those are, those are two places they can go. Wonderful. And we'll put links to those. Oh, wait, they can go to, I don't know where they can go. They can go to... William Porter dot, I think it's ME. Uh, I see a couple of my photos. Excellent. Yeah, I would love that. I will definitely, I'll put links to everything in the show notes. Okay. All right. Great. Excellent. Well, William, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Allie. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to give it a like or hit us up on social at Built On Air. We always love to hear your comments and suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to catch new episodes when they release. It helps us keep the podcast going.